Is there something wrong? Warning. Life support failure on all decks. Abandon ship. Maybe it is time to take command. Bridge to Captain. Join Jan Shaw updating current events as only Jan can. Library computer. Data being received. Produced by CosmicReality.com Hello and welcome to this week's Cosmic Creating Show. My name is Jan Shaw, the Success Alchemist. You can find me at thesuccessalchemist.net, at Facebook and YouTube, Jan Shaw, the Success Alchemist, on Twitter, at Coach Jan Shaw, on True Social, Success Alchemist, and on Telegram, US UK Patriot. Today is the 4th of November, 2023, and the title of Today's show is Spiritual War and What is Behind It. So I want to introduce this show by saying that I've actually decided to change the format of my shows in, in the, over the last few years. I've been really focusing on um, providing existing articles that have been talking about the geopolitical situation and it's very much been politically focused. And this year I've had quite a tumultuous year with relocating to the UK from the US and sadly losing my heart dog last month, Keisha. And it's really led me to reevaluate what my mission and purpose is. And I've been guided to change the format of this show from predominantly geopolitical to a more spiritual interpretation of events in the news and take a higher and deeper perspective. So I hope you enjoyed the show. I hope you'll like the format. And, you know, if you'd like to give me any feedback on this, you can email me at jan at thesuccessalchemist.net. So... I'm focusing this week on the spiritual war, and I've mentioned this in many previous shows as a kind of um, add-on perspective to the articles that I've shared with you. This week, I'm really going to be digging deep into this because I think it's very important to understand what we're going through. And I know a lot of the listeners to Cosmic Reality Radio and my show, are very much part of the spiritual community. And I know some of you don't like a lot of the politics, but this is really, um, ex well, the intention is to explain that we can't separate the politics from what's going on spiritually. So what is the spiritual war? It's a war between dark and light, good versus evil, and unconscious susceptibility to the manipulation of the dark side versus conscious evaluation of the information being received. I'll just say before I start that um, this weekend is Guy Fawkes weekend, which is bonfire night, and I've already heard some fireworks going off. So if we have any bangs during this recording, I apologise for that. So... <clears throat> The question is, whenever you make a choice, 
which side are you supporting? Are you supporting the light side or the dark side? Are you supporting good versus evil? And I just want to make a caveat that, you know, you may not agree with all of what I'm sharing today, but that's okay. You know, you have to make up your own mind about this and you have to make your own choices. Now, years ago, uh, as a child, I was an absolute avid reader. And one of the books that has stuck with me all my life, and I'm now 68, by the way, so I've been here a lot of years was a book by Charles Kingsley called The Water Babies. And the one thing that stuck with me, and I can't remember the whole of the plot of this book, but it was a character called Mrs. Do As You Would Be Done By. And what it did was it was reflecting the universal law of do unto others as you would have done to yourself. And... You know, I think this is something that we need to consider whenever we're making a decision about how we are dealing with the people around us, the people that we come into contact with, even those on social media and so on, and also how we make um, judgments, if that's the right word, or decisions about our perspective on what we're seeing happening in the world. And I freely admit I'm not perfect. I've done things that I regret, but I try to live by that principle towards other human beings and animals. I have a very deep affinity with animals. And I've shared some of that in previous shows about what I learned from my heart horse photo. Some of the things, as I say, that I'm going to share today, you may not agree with, and that's okay. Um, I just ask that you have an open mind. The other thing I want to stress is that you're provided with the information you need to follow your path. Some of it may present itself before you're ready to absorb or comprehend it, and that's okay. Let me give you a couple of examples. My spiritual awakening started in about 2004, largely thanks to my experiences with my horse that I've just mentioned. I'm not going to go into detail about that, but it led me to start to explore the metaphysical and spiritual side of life on this planet. In 2009, I learned about Eckhart Tolle and his book, A New Earth. It was a game changer for me as I learned about the ego and the effect on people who allow the ego to control their perception. And in fact, Eckhart Tolle referred to the ego as being insane. And the ego is really about um, protection. I mean, a lot of people think you've got to get rid of the ego. I don't agree with that. I used to think that. But I came to realize that the ego is a part of our earthbound personality, if you like. It's there to protect our physical existence. So it's very much based on a perspective of fear as opposed to empowerment, self-empowerment, and so on. As I said, I've always been an avid reader dedicated to learning and research. And Eckhart Tolle mentioned in his book, uh, the book, A Course in Miracles, as the source of some of the information he shared about the ego. And I always like to follow the trail to the source. So shortly after, I bought a copy of the book. 
when I looked at the book, and I don't know if you're familiar with this, but it's quite a big volume and it included 365 days, in other words, a year of lessons and a voluminous text along with a teacher's handbook. I must say I was perplexed about how to approach it. I didn't know whether to start with the lessons or the accompanying text, so it sat on my shelf for several years. And it was only in 2013 when a new coaching client mentioned that she was studying the book that I thought I should study it too so I could have a discourse with her about it. Suddenly I was clear about how I, could, I should approach it and proceeded to read the whole thing and work through the daily exercises. I think it deepened my understanding of the ego immensely. I realized then that you'll know when you're ready to absorb the information or teachings that you're provided with. It was a prime example of the saying that the teacher will appear when the student is ready. Several years later, I was introduced to the concept of Wetiko, which I'll do my best to give a brief ex explanation of during this show. I can't remember exactly how I was introduced to it. I think it was somebody that I was friends with on Facebook. But anyway, I bought the book Dispelling Wetiko, Breaking the Curse of Evil by Paul Levy. Again, I started reading it, but it didn't resonate with me at the time, so I lost interest after a couple of chapters. And then last week, I started to read the latest book by David Icke, The Dream, who mentioned Wetiko, which prompted me to pick up this book and I found it made much more sense to me than it had before. I'm only a short way through the book, but I will finish it this time because I'm really fascinated by it. And I'll probably share other insights I've learned from it on future shows. Now, here's the coincidence. If such a thing exists, it's said that a coincidence is a way for the divine to remain anonymous. Last night, I was speaking to Nancy Hopkins, who, for those who are new to the show, is the founder and producer of Cosmic Reality Radio. And I mentioned Wetiko to her. Last Wednesday, on her Radio 5G Cosmic Soup show, which is now available in the archives, she included a recorded interview with Dean Anderson, author of many books, including Royal Bloodline Wetiko and The Great Remembering. I've just ordered this book, so I can't report on any of the contents. But I took this to be a confirmation that we need to spread the word about the concept of Wetiko and how it applies to the current geopolitical situation. I know this is quite a long intro, but I think it's important to understand the concept of how we're drawn to information, not only for our own consumption, but to share it with others. So I'm going to share some information about the origin of the term Wetiko and some definitions. And then I'll go on to explain the latest news in the context of this concept. And this is from the book itself. This is from chapter one, the greatest epidemic sickness known to humanity. In the book Columbus and Other Cannibals, Indigenous author J.D. Forbes lucidly explores a psychological disease that has been informing human self-destructive behaviour that Native American people have known about for years. After reading this book, it was clear to me that he was describing the same psycho-spiritual disease of the soul 
that I wrote about in The Madness of George W. Bush. I introduced the idea that from the dawn of human history, our species has fallen prey to a collective psychosis, which I call malignant egophrenia. Speaking about this very same psychic epidemic, Forbes writes, For several thousands of years, human beings have suffered from a plague, a disease worse than leprosy, a sickness worse than malaria, a malady much more terrible than smallpox. Indigenous people have been tracking the same psychic virus for many centuries, calling it Wetiko in Cree. Windigo in Ojibwa, I don't know if that's the right pronunciation, Wintiko in Powhatan, a term that refers to a diabolically wicked person or spirit who terrorizes others by means of evil acts. Professor Forbes, who was one of the founders of the Native American movement during the early 60s, says, Tragically, the history of the world for the past 2,000 years is, in great part, the story of the epidemiology of the Watiko disease. Watiko stroke malignant egophrenia is a psychosis in the true sense of the word, a sickness of the soul or spirit. Please bear in mind that these are different um, parts of the book that I've highlighted, or at least parts of the books that, that I've already read. It is not a coincidence that the development of Watiko corresponds to the rise of what Europeans choose to call civilization. The unsustainable nature of industrial civilization is based on and increasingly requires violence to maintain itself. Genuine civilization, in essence, means not killing people. In a famous witticism, when an English journalist asked Gandhi what he thought of Western civilization, he responded, I think it would be a good idea. Modern civilization, though outwardly highly developed, is inwardly very primitive and pre-adolescent, an institutionalized form of barbarism in modern drag. It makes sense that native peoples would know about malignant egophrenia as they were oppressed by civilization, yet weren't at least initially under the curse of modern civilization. Being under the sway of modern civilization can feel as if something foreign to our nature is being imposed upon us, as if we are living in an occupied land. Modern civilization suffers from the overly one-sided dominance of the rational intellectual mind a one-sidedness that seemingly disconnects us from nature, from empathy, and from ourselves. Due to its disassociation from the whole, Watiko is a disturber of the peace of humanity and the natural world, a sickness which spawns aggression and is capable of inciting violence among living beings. The Watiko virus is the root cause of the inhumanity in human nature, or shall we say our seemingly inhuman nature. Watiko represents and inspires the worst a human being can do to another human being, and ultimately to ourselves. This psychic virus, a bug in the system, informs and animates the madness of so-called civilization, which in a self-perpetuating feedback loop feeds the madness within ourselves. Forbes continues... This disease, this Watiko cannibal psychosis, is the greatest epidemic sickness known to man. Cannibalism symbolically has to do with feasting on another soul. 
We as a species are in the midst of a massive psychic epidemic, a virulent collective psychosis that has been brewing in the cauldron of humanity's psyche from the beginning of time. Like a fractal, Watiko operates on multiple dimensions simultaneously, intrapersonally within individuals, interpersonally among ourselves, collectively as a species, as well as transpersonally in a realm beyond our personal selves. Those afflicted with Watiko consume like a cannibal the life force of others, human and non-human, for private purpose or profit, and do so without giving back something from their own lives. In essence, genuine predators, full-blown Watikos, which can be an individual person or the person of a corporation, are not in touch with their own humanity and therefore can't see the humanity in others. Instead, they relate to others either as potential prey or as a threat to their dominance. Many of us can't fathom the level of evil to which full-blown Watikos have fallen prey and of which they are capable. They have a distinct advantage if we don't recognise their predator-like nature. We can't possibly meet their challenge unless we clearly discern what we are up against. As the old adage counsels us, it is important to know your enemy. The depth of depravity being acted out is so dark, however, that it induces in many a tendency to pretend that it isn't really happening. When evil, for example, is being enacted by our own government, by those who are supposed to have our best interests in mind and are entrusted with our protection, it is intolerable to realise that atrocities are being perpetrated in our name. Thus, the evidence has to be internally denied. This works to the Uetiko's advantage as it allows them to continue to act out evil in a manner which is denied by and incomprehensible to us. Their evil is so off the radar of our accepted system of morality that it is practically beyond the ability of our legal system to redress. Our lack of imagination for the evil existing in potential in humanity is a direct reflection of a lack of intimacy with our own potential for evil, which further serves to enable the malevolence of Watiko to have nearly free reign in our world. We can't afford to have a concept of evil that is too small. This is why Jung counselled us to develop an imagination for evil, because being able to imagine the scope of evil that human beings can fall prey to become instruments for and act out, empowers us to see the evil more clearly as it appears both in the world and within ourselves and thereby deal with it more effectively. Evil devastates any possibility of an intellectual response. The tools of the rational intellect are as helpless in coping with the after-effects of evil as it was in preventing it. In our psychic blindness, we are complicit in the spreading of the evil of the Watiko psychosis, a systematic evil whose depth and depravity is beyond the capacity of words to fully describe. To me, this is very relevant because we are seeing the exposure of evil more and more, and especially if you've been down the rabbit hole, that is really uh, an experience that some of us really have to draw back from because we cannot see the extent of the evil that is being perpetrated without really 
being unable to unsee it, which is not good for our psyche. Wetiko cannot be said to exist separate from our own selves. The devilish Wetiko virus, like a vampire, if left to its own devices, not only has no power but would die, as it is only able to exist if there is someone seemingly outside of itself on whom it can feast. It requires the self, other dichotomy, in order to take root and flourish. A vampire has no intrinsic, independent, substantial existence in its own right. It only exists in relation to us. The pathogenic, vampiric mind parasite called Wetiko is nothing in itself, not being able to exist from its own side, yet it has a virtual reality such that it can potentially destroy our species. This is literally true. The fact that something that only exists as a function of ourselves can destroy us is pointing at the incredibly vast, invisible, yet mostly untapped power that is inherent within our own being. To be capable of the conscious pursuit and creation of the highest values renders us at the same time capable of the greatest destruction. Ultimately speaking, in Wetiko disease, we are not being infected by a physical, objectively existing virus outside of ourselves, but rather being psychogenetic. The origin and genesis of the Wetiko psychosis is entirely within us. The fact that a vampire is not reflected by a mirror can also mean that what we need to see is that there's nothing, no thing to see other than ourselves. The fact that Watiko is the expression of something inside of us means that the cure for Watiko is within us as well. The critical issue is finding this cure within us and then putting it into effect. So what this is basically saying is that we all have the capacity for good and evil within ourselves. And what is possible within ourselves is also possible to be demonstrated in the outer world. And so the spiritual war actually starts within. We've tended to look at it as that external thing of good versus evil out in the world. But actually that evil or that good starts within the person involved in whatever horrific things or good things are perpetrated. And so when it's working from within or it, it, it's being dealt with within, Whichever side wins creates the external world. And this is where the collective consciousness comes in, because if the majority of the collective consciousness chooses good versus evil, in other words, chooses good instead of evil, then we're going to manifest a world based on goodness and kindness and all the virtues, which I think is what was referred to in uh, Greek mythology, then, um, you know, we defeat the evil side of both the people who are demonstrating that within themselves, which is also or has been manifested for so long in the outside world. So how does this relate to the current events that we're seeing unfold? I believe one of the issues is related to organized religion. I'm, I'm a spiritual person. I'm not a religious person. I grew up in the Church of England in the UK and never really resonated with what was being preached there. Um, 
Look at Christian symbolism, for example. I mean, this only occurred to me when I understood down the rabbit hole what happened in these satanic rituals and so on. And I don't know whether you've ventured down there, but it's pretty horrific. And if you look at, I mean, basically, Satanism is a death cult. If you look at the symbolism of the Christian religion, which is nothing to do with Jesus Christ or Christ consciousness, you know, I have a motto that says, organized religion is just another form of government used to control and if you think about the Christian doctrine, it says that you are born a sinner and you have to, you know, comply with certain things in order to qualify for heaven. And that, to, to actually create that belief in people that they are born a sinner is absolutely destructive to a person's self-worth, self-esteem and so on. You know, I see a lot of destructiveness in the Christian religion. I'm not sufficiently familiar with other organized religions. But let's face it, you know, we've seen so many wars created of conflicts or from conflicts between the different religions in the world. Now, going back to what I was saying about Christian symbolism, you know, you've got this worship in the churches of a man on a cross being tortured to death. If that isn't part of a satanic cult, I don't know what is. And then the communion is talking about consuming the body and the blood of Christ. And Satanism is about cannibalism. And it's only when you start to look at this from afar and start to question what you've accepted as being part of the doctrine of these religions you start to think there's something not right here and you know that concept of cannibalism and torture and everything else is a prime example of the evil of Wotiko. The Quran I believe has instructions in there to kill the infidels and it's still despite that being called the religion of peace and we should differentiate between peaceful Muslims and extremists and I'll go into that a bit more when I talk about the Israeli uh, Gaza or Hamas conflict. There's evil inside the Catholic Church, pedophilia, the Spanish Inquisition years ago, satanic symbolism at the Vatican, the snake form designed in the ceiling of the Great Hall, the sculpture behind the papal throne, the roof of the Great Hall in the shape of a snake. The Pope recently said Klaus Schwab was greater than Jesus Christ. And there are videos of Catholic Mass in the Vatican praising Lucifer. The Pope instructed people not to seek a direct connection with Jesus, but to rely on the church's mediators. Remember that Satan is the great deceiver, so be careful who you commune with. Just going back to the Christian church... It tells you to fear God. If it's a loving God, why would you need to fear it? Which is the lowest vibrational emotion that actually feeds the dark side. So the latest so-called holy war is, of course, Israel versus Hamas. 
I covered some of this in my last radio show. Netanyahu declared that there will be no redress against the IDF in this war. That's the uh, Israeli military giving them carte blanche to commit atrocities. Netanyahu is Khazarian Mafia, and the Khazarian Mafia, as usual, is funding and supporting both sides. Even Biden is doing that, you know, sending money to Palestine, supposedly for humanitarian reasons, but how much of that is going to fall into the hands of Hamas? And also, you know, Congress is sending more money to Israel. Innocent citizens are being slaughtered on both sides, and unfortunately, many people are supporting and cheering it on. Israel flattened a refugee camp, justifying it as the need to take out the Hamas leader and killed hundreds of civilians, including children. Yet with the sophisticated technology available to the military, there's no excuse for this. I refer people to the assassination of Qasim Soleimani, the Iranian major general responsible for orchestrating terror attacks, who was accurately targeted by the Trump administration using a drone and was killed without any other casualties being involved. It's interesting how the press called that lawless, but other attacks that kill many people are lauded and celebrated. And believe me, you know, Hamas is as bad. They are using uh, innocent civilians as human shields and even shelling areas that end up killing their own people, just like what has happened in the Donbass with Ukraine uh, bombing the Donbass because they want to be part of Russia, not part of Ukraine, and they are Russian-speaking people. My question is, what happened to morality and conscience? I guess the Watiko within them has stolen it away. The slaughter of innocent civilians is justified as collateral damage, but let's call it what it is, indiscriminate killing by people who have no empathy or respect for human life. In other words, psychopaths, and it's happening on both sides, as I said. Some say that collateral damage is unavoidable in war, but let's not forget that war is the tool used by those whose only motivation is to seize power, impose control, and ultimately is fueled by greed. The same has happened with the COVID so-called pandemic, which it's now being admitted wasn't a pandemic. The PCR test was used to create the illusion of a pandemic. And the majority of politicians, the medical community and the media were complicit and used the PCR test to create the illusion of a pandemic. Even the BBC is admitting it now. It was a tool to impose lockdowns to control the people, the biggest transfer of wealth in history to the so-called elites. The gene or DNA altering COVID vax bioweapon was used to achieve the depopulation documented in Agenda 2030 and Klaus Schwab's book, COVID-19, The Great Reset. Yet these people are still promoting these bioweapons as safe and effective and trying to force them on people still with mandates. People who have suffered catastrophic injuries and even deaths are being vilified and censored And those who refused the shots and the medical professionals who tried to reveal the dangers and lost their livelihoods because of their convictions are labelled anti-vaxxers. 
Vax refusers took a stand which cost many of them their jobs. Now that the truth is being revealed, the most vocal proponents of the Vax who were in favour of mandates and even of denying the unvaccinated necessary and sometimes critical medical treatment are rapidly backtracking, claiming ignorance and asking for forgiveness to cover their backs. My response was, if I knew it was a scam and many others knew it was a scam and that the Vax is a bioweapon, then ignorance is no excuse. It's also being revealed that supposed COVID patients and the elderly in care homes were deliberately put on, quote, end-of-life medications, like midazolam remdesivir, colloquially known as run, death is near, and morphine, the combination of which were known to cause massive organ failure and death. Why? Because hospitals were paid a premium for COVID deaths. Follow the money. Last month, Andrew Bridgen, MP for West Leicestershire in the UK, after 20 attempts, finally was granted a debate on excess deaths. And not surprisingly, it was scheduled in the graveyard shift of Friday afternoon when most MPs have left to go to their constituencies. No wonder only 12 MPs attended. The BBC had the audacity to overlay the broadcast of his speech with a narrative spouting the safe and effective and fraudulent data propaganda. Unprecedented in a parliamentary debate. This was recently followed by a session on a bill to amend the law on vaccine injury compensation. Even fewer MPs showed up for that one. Considering that there's always a full house when they're voting on pay increases for MPs, It just shows the complete disdain and lack of concern for the people they're supposed to be serving. Disgraceful. I have to say, it's not unlike what happens in Congress here, where they shut down for a couple of days in the middle of a vote for a speaker, or take a six-week vacation when they're supposed to be voting on the budget for the next financial year, you know? These people are supposed to be working for us, not governing us by imposing their will on the people. The UK has been holding a COVID inquiry which is totally biased towards affirming those who continue to support the lies about the pandemic and the safe and effective bioweapon while the witnesses who challenged it with real science and supporting data were discredited and gaslit by the committee. There are many other examples of Watiko in action, including satanic ritual abuse, child sacrifice, child trafficking, human trafficking, the transgender agenda, sexualization of children, pedophilia, mass shootings, mass immigration and more. The rabbit hole is deep. Committing atrocities is their modus operandi. The real people And demonic beings behind this are hiding behind the curtain, but they are gradually being revealed. Incidentally, just a word about the mass shootings, which obviously the Democrats or the Uni Party or whatever you care to call them, are trying to use as the justification for more gun control and even gun confiscation in the US, even with the Second Amendment. And, you know, there's much more evidence coming out again about the role of psychotropic drugs in these mass shootings or the people that um, commit these mass shootings. 
And in my opinion, it's a combination of those psychotropic drugs and MKUltra programming. And there have been reports that these mass shooters have actually said that they heard voices telling them what to do. Now, I interviewed somebody oh, a couple of years ago who was a psychic medium, and she got in contact with a young man who had committed suicide, and he'd been on these psychotropic drugs, which she was saying they lower your vibration so much that death becomes inevitable. And this this uh, young man who had committed suicide communicated that he was hearing voices telling him to kill himself. And he said, it wasn't me. I didn't want to do it. And this is tragic because um, more and more reports are coming out about the role of psychotropic drugs in creating violent behavior, even murderous behavior. And, you know, they invented ADD and ADHD with the pretext that these kids, young people, needed these drugs to address that, where it's been said that it was just a made-up condition. It's just, the, especially with uh, young boys and young teenage boys, it's natural that they don't want to sit still in a chair all day. It's part of the nature of being male. So, you know, these things, again, they're false flags. Not that they didn't happen necessarily, but they're done to push a particular agenda. And I, I believe that the Israeli Hamas situation is another example of that because, as I said in my last show, Netanyahu was informed or warned of some major event by Egypt and he ignored it. And there have been many people coming forward in Israel who have served in the IDF who have said there is no way that Israel could not have been aware of A, the threats, and B, crossing or destroying the border fence and coming into Israel and, and killing so many people. And in fact, the IDF, the troops in those particular areas, and helicopter pilots were told to stand down for, oh, six to six or seven hours. So, you know, this is just more examples of the absolute lack of conscience, empathy, and respect for human life. I mean, you have to wonder whether these people are soulless, although they do say, you know, if you sell your soul to the devil for power and wealth and control, that soul is sucked out of you. I don't know how true that is. But, you know, the behavior of these people would suggest that it's true. Now, I realize I've been sharing the dark side of the story, but when I see these horrors, I console myself with the fact that this has been going on for centuries, if not longer. But at last it's being revealed to be brought into the light and eradicated. The fact that it's now in the open is a sign that they're panicking because they realize the awakening is accelerating and every time they try to speed up the achievement of their new world order, their agenda is exposed and more people wake up.
in their desperation, they're accelerating their own demise. And we're seeing it also in the situation related to Trump, all these indictments of Trump and the partisanship that is just focused on stopping Trump from running again in 2024 and disrupting his campaign and showing absolute partiality against him, if not breaking a lot of the laws in terms of submitting him to this gag order, or these gag orders, I should say, while the AG is free to uh, broadcast videos on Twitter or X, calling him out for fraud and other allegations that have not been proven. So there is definitely desperation there because every time this happens, Trump's ratings, poll ratings go up and more people say Trump 2024 is who I'm going to vote for. So they're losing big time. Just console yourself with that while you look at all the horrors that are happening in the world. (laughs) Many of us have said that 2023 has turned out to be the year of the Great Reveal, which is accelerating the Great Awakening. So the question is, what do we do to combat this parasitic Wetiko vampire and support the destruction of the satanic cabal deep state, which is the Khazarian Mafia. And I have to emphasize again, this is something we, can, we have to work on in, within us and in the outside world. Um, prayer is great and um, you know, meditation and everything else, but it does also require action. So you need to bear that in mind. Things are happening already, actually. Some countries have already refused to support the Israeli and Ukraine wars. There's a Nuremberg-like trial being conducted in Costa Rica of those responsible for the bioweapon crimes against humanity. The son of the co-founder of the WEF, who left in the 1970s because of his disgust at the agenda of Klaus Schwab, is calling for the WEF who and Gavi, which is a Bill and Melinda Gates organization focused on putting shots in everybody's arm, that are headquartered in Switzerland to lose their diplomatic immunity so that their leaders can be charged with crimes against humanity. The truth is coming out about the number of deaths caused by Jacinda Ardern's tyrannical forcing of vaccines on the people in New Zealand. Some people say the destruction of Western culture and their economies by governments is due to incompetence. Rolling out their agenda may look like incompetence. I used to think that before my awakening, but it is their objective. These people need to be educated about the WEF, WHO, UN, NATO, Council on Foreign Relations and many other organisations and agencies that control the politicians who are rolling out this agenda on their behalf. Tell them about the corrupt WEF young leaders like Sunak, Trudeau, Macron, Merkel, Ardern and many others in political, judicial and bureaucratic positions of power. They have infiltrated every level of government, but the people are standing against them now and the power is in the people. So the more we can do to awaken them, the faster we will win this war. If you remember, Q mentioned infiltration, not invasion. That's how it's happened. 
It's been very sneaky, just like the devil is. There are some in the spiritual community who refuse to look at these problems because they are negative. But if you don't know what the problem is, you can't contribute to the solution. It's possible to observe the problem without feeding energy into it through your emotions. I'll expand on how you do that in a few minutes. The collective consciousness is powerful. And as long as we all focus on the solutions, the world we want to live in, and take appropriate action, we will triumph as a collective. The spiritual war, i.e. Wakito, is going on within us as well as externally. In this paradigm of duality, we all have the potential for both good and evil within us. And it's part of our soul mission to choose between them and act accordingly. Whatever we decide and do is reflected in the external world, as within, so without. This is encapsulated in the Cherokee story of the two wolves. A young boy came to his grandfather, filled with anger at another boy who had done him an injustice. The old grandfather said to his grandson, let me tell you a story. I too at times have felt a great hate for those that have taken so much, with no sorrow for what they do. But hate wears you down and hate does not hurt your enemy. Hate is like taking poison and wishing your enemy would die. I have struggled with these feelings many times. It is as if there are two wolves inside me. One wolf is good and does no harm. He lives in harmony with all around him and does not take offence when no offence was intended. He will only fight when it is right to do so and in the right way. But the other wolf is full of anger. The littlest thing will set him into a fit of temper. He fights everyone all the time for no reason. He cannot think because his anger and hate are so great. It is helpless anger because his anger will change nothing. Sometimes it is hard to live with these two wolves inside me because both of the wolves try to dominate my spirit. The boy looked intently into his grandfather's eyes and asked, which wolf will win, grandfather? The grandfather smiled and said, the one I feed. This very much encapsulates the concept of the Watiko, and it also illustrates how we have the power to choose how we react to things. It's all within our power, as long as we are conscious of that power. And unfortunately, so many people are not, because the media has been used to normalize lack of emotional control. I mean, look at the um, reality shows. Um, I can't remember the name because I never used to watch them, but you'd have these people in the audience or on the stage screaming at each other. And it, it was like, oh, this will give you fame and fortune if you behave in this completely emotionally uncontrolled manner. Well, this is not going to do the person or the world or any good whatsoever. So the point is be aware of your reaction to propaganda that's designed to appeal to your emotions and program you into having negative, fearful and other low vibrational responses that feed the dark entities that want to continue to control us. Don't just jump on the latest bandwagon of opinion pushed by the propagandist media. 
Also remember that there are controlled opposition infiltrators in the spiritual world and the truth movement. Don't take things at face value, read between the lines and look beyond the obvious. I mean, look at what you see on social media. Suddenly, instead of a, a rainbow flag or a Ukraine flag in somebody's profile, they've now got an Israeli flag. You know, they've jumped on the bandwagon. Even people who have been part of the truth movement are not seeing through this. They're just swallowing the same old narrative of, you know, look at this news that tells you these are the bad guys and you've got to support the so-called good guys, whereas the very um, identification of people as the good guys is based on propaganda itself. We've had stories of absolute atrocities happening in by Hamas that have been debunked, that have no basis in truth whatsoever. And, and this is ramping up tremendously in this current war, this current conflict. Question everything and respond mindfully and consciously using your intuition and discernment and always ask yourself, cui bono, who stands to gain? You can be aware of a problem neutrally without allowing an emotional reaction to feed energy to the problem, which would manifest more of it. By practicing mindfulness and neutrality as the detached observer, you avoid the emotion trap. And incidentally, um, in that book I spoke about earlier by Eckhart Tolle, he talks about how you can develop that ability to be the detached observer. It's very good. Neutrality is a universal law that means everything is neutral until we assign an interpretation to it. It enables you to consciously decide how you want to respond, negatively, positively, or not at all, i.e. neutrally. It is a powerful tool that can change your life. I mean, I've been practicing this for years now, and it makes a huge difference to how you approach life, and particularly how you approach what you perceive to be problems and challenges, and not just personal ones, but also what we're seeing out in the world. And I've got lots of articles on my website, thesuccessalchemist.net, about how to develop mindfulness and practice neutrality, as well as how to develop your manifestation skills. So please go along there and find out more about what I do. Um, I've just actually uh, achieved certification as a personality assessment evaluator, which is an amazing tool that identifies exactly what is the key thing that is holding you back from achieving your highest potential. It's called the breakthrough point. So if you'd like to uh, experience the personality assessment, Drop me an email at jan at thesuccessalchemist.net and I throw in an evaluation session worth $97, uh, which is a 45-minute session that will really help you to understand what is holding you back and how you can transform the results you're getting in life by addressing that and resolving it. I just also wanted to say that I have a a chapter in a compilation book that's due to be published on the 15th of November, 
and I'll share a link to that on Amazon when it's published. So it's called The Game Changer, which is really various different stories by people who have experienced things that have literally been a game changer for them. And mine is on the, on the subject of from broke to financial freedom. So if you've been a long-term listener of the Cosmic Creating Show, you may have heard that story before, but um, it's a good one to share. It really was a game changer for me. As I said at the beginning of the show, my intention is to share more on the subject of Watiko. You know, I'm very fascinated by psychology and I believe that the more that we can understand the psychology of these psychopaths that have been running the world for, well, probably millennia now, then, you know, we're, we're well equipped to actually defeat them. You know, know your enemy. And that is true in the art of war, which Hugh referred to a lot and it seems to be the strategy that Trump is using in the defeat of the deep state and things seem to be coming along nicely there even though it seems like we're in the midst of death and destruction. I do believe he's winning bigly, (laughs) bless him. He still has thousands of people at his rallies of course and the, the crowds seem to grow the more he's up against this corrupt uh, DOJ and the the whole system of the FBI and CIA and so on. So yeah, and I I will continue to read the book myself, so I can share that. I'm also going to read the Dean Anderson book that I mentioned as well. And these are not just looking at the psychology; they're also looking at the history. Um, Dean Anderson is very focused on the bloodlines, as is David Icke. And as as I said earlier, I'm reading his latest book, The Dream. And, you know, I'm very happy to share perspectives on the current geopolitical situation in the light of that background. Because if we don't understand where it all comes from and the background to it, We're operating from a place of ignorance. And when I was a manager, a project manager in IT, I always made sure my team knew what the big picture was. They knew what the ultimate um, objective of the project was because if you don't know what the objective is, you can easily go off down a track which is actually taking you away from the outcome that you want the successful project so you have to know the context in which you're operating in order to understand it and in order to then target your consciousness your focus your intentions and your actions in a way that will actually create a positive outcome and the outcome that we as a collective want to achieve together so um, that's that's so important and I hope you've enjoyed this different format of the show it's taken me quite a while to prepare because um, as I said it's a new format but I've had great fun doing it actually Um, my 
uh, writing, script writing has flowed. I'm assisted by my guides as well in the process, which is wonderful. So, as I said, if you've got any comments to share on this, um, positive or constructive criticism, I'd be happy to hear them. So you can email me at jan at thesuccessalchemist.net or you can uh, find me on Facebook, as I say, Jan Shaw, The Success Alchemist, or just Jan Shaw. So I think we're about to come to an end this evening. Uh, I'd like to thank Nancy Hopkins for producing, as always, and Derek Condit for sponsoring Cosmic Reality Radio. Um, he has a wonderful website, mysticalwares.com, which has a huge range of Shungite products and lots of other metaphysical goodies. Uh, so do go along and support him because without his support of Cosmic Reality Radio, we wouldn't be here. And as a last reminder, my website is thesuccessalchemist.net. You can find me there. Um, I do offer a free success strategy session. If you're interested in that, you'll find a link to that in the menu. And as I say, I hope you'll join me for another Cosmic Creating show next week. And in the meantime, stay well, be safe, and bye for now. You have been listening to Cosmic Creating with Jan Shaw, updating current reality, a production of CosmicReality.com.